2023 is here and it's time to plan out your goals to get in the shape of your life this year. Maybe you started your journey this past year or maybe you're looking to make 2023 the year you get the results you've always dreamed of. And if you are, I want to help you. I've been a health and fitness coach for almost a decade now. I've helped thousands of people often online get in the shape of their life and drop the kilos they've been wanting to shed for years. I've helped people transform their bodies, their health, and their minds. And most importantly, I've shown them how they can maintain this on a long-term basis. As your coach, I take care of everything within your health and fitness journey, your training, your nutrition, your cardio, supplementation, etc. But I also look at your journey from a holistic perspective and address your stress, your sleep, your mindset, and ensure you have everything you need to achieve your results. If you're ready to make this the year you get the results you truly want, fill in the application form in the description below. It'll only take you two minutes and I'll be in touch for us to book in a call so we can plan out your journey and put some clear goals in place. If you have any questions about the coaching, feel free to email me or DM me on Instagram, which is at Elliot Hassoon. I'm excited to hear from you and excited to help you transform your body, health, and mind in 2023. Hello team and welcome to episode 335 of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Isaac James. Isaac joined up for coaching back in late 2020 where he was at his highest weight of 107 kilos and wasn't happy with the direction his life was heading in. Fast forward two years and a bit later and he weighs in at 76 kilos and has transformed in every sense of the word. The feeling you'll leave today's episode with will be inspired. During the course of this process, Isaac tore down the previous version of himself to rebuild and create the person he wanted to be, which is where he stands today. In this episode, you can expect to learn why even if you're training consistently for seven years, you might not see the results they are after. Why breaking out of your comfort zone is truly one of the most powerful things that you can ever do, along with why reaching inside of yourself is the best place to start if you are ready to transform. So without further ado, Isaac James. Isaac James, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. It's good to be here. Hi. It is amazing to have you here. I'm very excited to get into our conversation today. It's been a little while since we've caught up and these client special podcasts seem to do amazingly well. And I feel like you've got a story which a lot of people are going to be inspired by. A lot of people hopefully will be able to relate to as well. But before we dive into all the details of that, can you give us a little bit of context about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, so I'm Isaac. Uh, I, by day, do some transformation stuff for government. So I've been doing that for many, many years. Uh, but really over the last year, getting into fitness i qualified as a pt uh, i teach cycle for uh, a well-known well-known club in london um yeah that's me really yeah so i teach a bit of cycle do some do some fitness stuff and yeah transformation by day amazing and has it always been that way where did the journey for isaac begin in terms of your professional career and your journey with fitness as well yeah so i i moved to london about 10 years ago uh i've always worked in sort of government roles front facing uh i started my career actually in housing and homelessness which is very like a a distant memory now uh and then basically started getting into digital it doing some transformation stuff for government and yeah moved to london 10 years ago um and that was really the start of gyms personal training uh my up and down relationship with diet and food and uh, and weight um and then yeah so i've been working in government uh more recently uh become self-employed um so over the last year um 
yeah, became a consultant uh, doing some transformation in Oxford, uh, which is quite hey. an amazing place. Uh, <laughs> there we are. Um, and and yeah, so that's been my journey, really. Um, and then I thought, well, why why not uh, just, you know, not just do that? Let's get into fitness and, you know, take the knowledge from my own journey and, and go and train to be a fitness instructor and then a PT um, and see what I can do with that. So, so that's kind of been my journey, really. And, and now I'm on that that transitional phase like I feel like that this last year has been that and now I'm living living and breathing the new me so absolutely and we love to see that new you and obviously everyone's seeing the healthy and fit Isaac but I want to roll back the years because it helps us all have a context of kind of the storyline that took you here so I don't think I've asked you this question before what was your health and fitness growing up like you know when you were a child did you have healthy and fit parents or what was the situation from maybe let's say Isaac from the moment you were born up until you're maybe 16 to 18 years old yeah I think it's really interesting uh I I've told you before but yeah over the last sort of year I've been doing a lot of therapy and it's amazing how always in my head I'm like yeah it doesn't relate to childhood it doesn't relate to bringing up but you you start to make those connections and you know my uh my parents split up when i was 5 um back then it was very unheard of but my dad got custody of me my brother and my sister um and so he single-handedly brought us up um quite low income family uh living off uh home cooked meals but very carb heavy uh sort of spaghetti bolognese lasagna things like that so it was all always kind of maybe not overfeeding but just def- definitely overeating of like that sort of food quite quite often um i was always the chubby one uh out of my brother I and my relate. sister very... <laughs> yeah yeah i was like i was always the chub- chubby kid my brother and my sister stick thin like still are and honestly my brother eats anything and everything uh doesn't put on weight so i'm hoping one day that hits no I'm not. <laughs> um but yeah, so I was always the one that no matter what I ate, it just went on. And um, and yeah, so I had quite a, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed food. I ate a lot, lots of snacks, crisps, fizzy drinks, things like that. It wasn't, it wasn't something we really talked about. It's just, I ate that, my brother and my sister had that, and yet we all turned out differently. Um, and then it was about, I think, 17 uh, where I started to take note of it a little bit and joined the leisure center gym in my little hometown um started ordering i think it was muscle foods at the time lots of chicken arrived once a week and started cooking my own food at sort of 17 18 uh chicken and veg and things like that did a little bit of the gym but it was mainly cardio i didn't know what i was doing in the weights area so so i guess that was the growing up period and then moving to london at 22 is when i really started to take note got a pt sorted my diet out and ever since then it's been up down up down up down um, and I think it sometimes relates back to those habits as a, as a kid, um, you know, or comfort food, if you like, um, when things are great, let's, let's have a snack, let's have chocolate, let's have alcohol, let's have fizzy drinks when things are bad, let's do the same thing. So, uh, I think it was that. And I think, um, yeah, it's been like that for most of my life, I guess, until the last couple of years. So yeah, that was, that was growing up, uh. I was happy. I was just eating a lot. <laughs> uh, and back then I didn't realize it, you know, so when you have 
lasagna and garlic bread like on a on a weeknight or whatever I was like yeah this is great this is nice food my dad's a good cook like it was fine but you know I think we've moved on a lot in life where we realize now those things are maybe for some people they're fine but you know not for me and it doesn't work for my body yeah well this is the thing right it's like how are you supposed to know any better I think I share similarities in the sense when I was growing up like the thing that you wanted to eat was the thing that was the tastiest like and the filled you up right and even filling you up was probably second priority to taste and you know there was no talk about the right macro ratios or what's going to fuel your body or anything so it's like how are you supposed to know and that's why I'm very passionate about you know trying to educate younger people as well and what I love is that you know those who are implementing the health fitness journey now breaking those generational cycles so when they hopefully bring up children one day if they choose to have them that's where we create a new cycle of this right definitely I mean I think that's that's my next exciting goal. I mean, lots of things, but having a child at some point, like teaching those good good habits, you know, the the way that it, that my, myself and Oscar live now, and you know, it's just that's what I want to get to my child. Like, eat, you know, we don't need to eat like this. Like, let's eat healthy and and actually enjoy food. And I think you see that. Like, I see parents with their children now, and you know, children asking for like sushi or can we have fish? You know, like, it's just different. It's like we've moved on. I think in society from from then so uh yeah it's a very different me i think growing up to what i am now absolutely and what about exercise you didn't mention much about that did you enjoy sport as a child that's usually where most kids get into exercise not so much <laughs> hated pe you know <laughs> you'd come to that pe class and, and we used to have this really weird timetable in my in my secondary school where you'd have like double lessons we'd have double pe Oh, I used to hate it. The only bit I think I really enjoyed was rugby, uh, but maybe because I was a bit fatter. So <laughs> people were like, yeah, he'll be good at rugby. Um, I attempted hockey for a while, but that didn't really work out. And then, as I say, when I when I joined the gym at 17, the leisure centre, it was just cardio, literally for half an hour and I'd be done. Um, I was never very good at sports. Uh, I wasn't that kid that that kind of, you know, was picked for anything. I, di I didn't really enjoy it. So, uh, and I don't think I did properly until I moved to London. And I just think that was where my mindset shifted. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of exercise, not even walking. I think now, like living in London, uh, you walk everywhere, you know, and you can, you can walk several tube stops because it's easier and, and quicker and whatever. Uh, and in back in my hometown, I remember the walk to town from my house to town centre was about seven minutes. I used to do anything to get a lift into town, literally for my dad. I used to thought it was the longest walk ever and I just wouldn't do it. So I, I barely moved, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a challenge. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, very different me. That's why I love to show that part of you because of a lot of people almost think, ah, you know, the people who are healthy and fit now, they must have been the people in sports who are gifted at everything in those PE classes. But the reality is, is most of us didn't have much nutritional education whatsoever. And we were pretty, you know, average or below average at the sports and didn't really enjoy them so much. I definitely enjoyed PE as a, as a child, but I was still a chubby kid just due to my nutrition and genetics more so than anything. So yeah, it's always nice to see that snapshot. And I want to go now into the period of what obviously you reached London you started to take things quite seriously you mentioned you were age of 22 but what age were you when you reached me in 2020 so I was 29 uh, I was halfway halfway through that year of being 29 and I was feeling something around turning 30 um, I don't know why I've never really believed in horoscopes or anything like that but there was something around 
I knew I was turning 30 very soon after I joined you. I think I started with you in the November and I turned 30 in the April after. But there was just something in that period uh, of getting into my late 20s where I was like, I need to sort this out. I remember my friend Bobby, who I lived with when he had turned 30, and that's when he started his fitness journey. And he got amazingly fit at that age and he's maintained it. So I just thought, yeah, I need to do something by the time I get there. Because if I don't start now, if I don't do something now, this is not going to go well. Um, so yeah, it's 29. Yeah, talk to me about those seven years, right? Because that's a fairly long time to be invested in personal trainers and gyms, in getting yourself fit. Like what didn't click then for those seven years between yeah the age of 22 and 29? I think it was the diet and the habits of food. So I loved the gym. You know, I had many PTs. I can think back back in my time in London, the gyms I've been part of, I've been to almost every gym in London, it feels like every gym, every gym brand at least. And, and I've probably had a PT for a period of time in each of them. And I remember one of my former PTs, Zoe, she, I was with her for a really long time, but secretly still couldn't fix my diet. And she was like, come on, we can do this. Like what, what's not shifting. And I was, I was not quite being honest about what I was still eating in the evenings because I was ashamed. Right. So the, the exercise bit was going really well. I was putting on a good amount of muscle, felt like I could see a bit of change, but the body fat wasn't dropping because I couldn't fix the diet. And I think that for me was these periods of years where over the years where I was up and down, up and down. So I started at 22, I was bang on it. I remember uh, moving in with my friend Bobby as a house share in London. And I remember that one year I was eating eggs for breakfast, green shakes. I had my Nutribullet. It was those years of Nutribullet days, steak, steak and broccoli. And I remember losing weight so quickly and I got so skinny. And I remember going out with some, some friends. I worked at TV, in TV at the time as a little side job. And I remember friends seeing me f- for the first time in a couple of months and I'd been on it, like super on it. And they were like, oh my God, you look ill. Like I'd gone really gaunt and like skinny. And I thought I looked great, um, but quickly bounced back. And then over the years after that, I just went up again and up again uh, and then down a little bit. And then pandemic hit and the last couple of years before I saw you, just my my weight was steadily increasing. Um, and it just felt like this is going to be my life up and down, up and down. Um, so I loved the gym at that point, you know, I was really enjoying weightlifting. I was really enjoying classes, um, going to spin classes, things like that. But the weight wasn't shifting because I couldn't, couldn't fix the diet. And it's really not an unusual story, right? Especially with my years in the gym as a personal trainer. Like I worked in one gym for like four or five years in Oxford in my first ever gym. And people would go to the gym week in, week out for three, four years whilst I was there, but they would still look exactly the same. So, and it's not an unusual story. So it's curious to hear, you know, you loved the gym, you went regularly. It was only until you really got the nutrition to be fully locked in until those changes really take place. Were you at your kind of peak highest weight of adult life when we started working together in 2020? Just before I met you, I got to my highest. uh, And I think I dropped a kilo or two, maybe a couple of kilos before I... Can, uh, contacted you but yeah it was the highest i'd ever been uh, what was it if you don't mind me asking 107 107 kilos and where do you stand as of today just out of interest 76 look at that incredible right yeah and i've been a little bit lower but i've been away for the last few weeks and it's gone up and i'm okay with that uh but yeah my goal is still 70 um but my muscle mass has gone up quite a bit in the last year uh 
but yeah, no, I was a bit lower before Hong Kong and I've been there for the last five weeks and you know, I'm okay. It's now it's that long term. Let's maintain this for life. You know, this healthy way of living and it's the habits that I've learned over the last few years that has enabled me to do that. But yeah, 107 shocking. Uh, I quite like looking at the graphs though. I go back and look at the graphs of how I've come down. It's quite a nice feeling. Um, and I do look at the photos mainly because Oscar likes to see them. Uh, but it's, it, it's unrecognizable. Um, but the real reason I contacted you one, because my friend Jez had been on the journey with you. Uh, I think people that, that are listening to this would have seen Jez. I'm still trying to get him on the podcast. I'll get him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'll message let's, him. Let's go for like a two prong attack. Let's, let's, let's both try and get him on there. <laughs> um, he's looking great now. And um, it was that, but it was also one day I woke up uh, and I had these two deep stretch marks on my stomach out of nowhere. So one day they weren't there. The next morning they were there and they're really purple. Um, not too big. I can barely see them now. Um, but that for me was like, whoa, something's happened. Uh, there's no going back. Because if I carry on eating the way that I'm eating and living the way that I'm living, they're going to get worse. I'm just not going to be able to reverse this. And I think it was that, yeah, it like hit me like a slap in the face, to be honest. And uh, I'd seen Jez going through his thing and uh, I just needed to do something different. You know, and we we're in the pandemic, right? There was all of that going on. So uh, it felt like impossible. How can I change habits and ways of doing things when I was almost stuck at home? So, uh, but yeah, it was that really. It was the weight, but it was also the, the, the stretch marks. Yeah. And what gave you the belief that you were able to do it this time around? Like going through seven years of things not fully shifting, obviously seeing jazz is a bit of inspiration and obviously seeing the stretch marks as well as a bit of a wake up call. But after years and years of kind of thinking that my life is destined to me, me going up and down, what made you think that this time it was going to stick? Because I think a lot of people would go through that. They're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do another one because I'm just going to end up in the same position. But, so it was great that you went into it with like, okay, this is the time where I'm going to make this happen. Yeah, I think it was ending my 20s, knowing that I was coming into my 30s. I think it was the period of COVID. Um, so I started with you in that October, November, you know, after we'd had a good six months of lockdowns and being at home, chance to reflect, working out priorities and something just needed to change. And, you know, like those early days, my weight came down quite quickly, but I still wasn't 100% on it. There were times where I'd fail. We'd have conversations where wait, it stayed the same for weeks on end um, because it was a real shift that I needed to make. But I wanted to. I I really needed to make that change. And uh, that led to everything else that's happened since. And I didn't think it would. You know, I thought it might just be, let's lose some kilos and I'll be a bit healthier. Um, I didn't really quite know what would happen next in <laughs> all this last year or two. Um but it's been the best few years of my life because of that. Yeah, it's been like a transformation inside out. Um, when I, for the listeners' context, when I met you, you were Daryl Derner. I was. You were <laughs> Isaac James, right? You had really brown hair, yeah. you were over 100 kilos, and you had a completely different name and a very completely different lifestyle as well, but you were nothing to do with fitness from a professional perspective at that stage. So it's been a massive, massive transformation. So can, before we go into those highs of how you've adopted all those things, can you talk about the things that you've let go of during this journey as well? Because I think it's a significant thing because I think, me and my girlfriend have this conversation all the time about 
if you don't let go of what's not for you, you can't let in what is for you, right? And it just holds space, even if it's subconscious space, even if it's just a small percentage, that space is being occupied. And the thing that needs to come in needs to fill 100% of that space. So even if it's just 1% it's holding, it's still too much. So I want to talk about that because I think that's something that you embraced and adopted in an incredible way over these past couple of years. I think there was a lot of things. Uh, I've pretty much changed every aspect of my life. Um, I think the biggest thing was that I'd been in quite a long relationship and I was living with him and we had dogs and, um, we just weren't happy. And I think had COVID not happened, we may still be together. Who knows? Uh, I don't think we would have been though. I think it would have eventually come to an end, but maybe not in the same way. I think, but what COVID did is gave me a chance to really reflect on my work, my home life, my diet, my fitness my mindset. I was very angry. Don't know why. Uh, I was just very angry as a person. I would be very stressed. I would be very reactive to situations at work, at home. Uh, me and my ex would argue every single day about all sorts of things. Uh, and I'm sure he won't mind if he's listening to this uh, because, you know, we chat now and it's okay. But we were not happy. We were in a rut. And I think we fed off each other with that. So diet was very, very bad. Um, and there didn't seem to be a way that we could help each other out of that until I needed to make the change. Work was pretty bad. It was stressful. Um, not much support at work. Uh, it was just, a, it was just not a very good time. And I think when you've got work that's bad, home life that's bad, uh, and I couldn't seem to hold on to many friends. Um, I had a good couple of friends that have been stable throughout the whole period. You start to reflect on thinking, what's going on? Uh, this has got to be me. Um, and, you know, I got to the point uh, of thinking, because as a, as a kid, I was a bit hyperactive at school and things like that. And uh, symptoms of ADHD started to creep in and I was getting tested for that at the time as well. And I was thinking, it's got to be that. It's got to be that. It can't be my diet. It can't be my home situation. It can't be all these things. It's just got to be that. So that's causing all of these things. Not that those things are causing, <laughs> causing these kind of outbursts and forgetfulness and anger episodes and stuff like that. And that's taken me a lot of work to get to where I am now. Uh, and so I just had to let go of certain things. So I changed my, my work. I, uh, we, uh, me and my ex decided to break up. Um, and after five years move out, despite just buying a flat a couple of months before uh, starting with you. And, uh, you know, we had the dogs involved. It was, you know, it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy journey. Um, but yeah, it was a case of just having to let those things go. And once it started to, I think the, the relationship ending was a big thing for me where I needed to just find myself again. Uh, not that I blame him for me getting to where I was at because takes two to tango, right? Sometimes. And I think, but just admitting that we've both been able to move on and me, you know, I've, I've made a lot of changes because of that. My work was a big thing as well. I think life's too short to be so stressed from work, you know, and I know it's difficult. We all need money and we need, we need stability, but I had to make some bold choices about what I was doing. And, you know, I took a risk and went to a new job that also didn't work out. Um, I had been chasing that career ladder for a really long time got to an assistant director position six months later left because it wasn't for me. I didn't, I didn't want it anymore. And so then I went to work for myself and do some consulting, which has been amazing, but 
it was a case of just changing a few things and having to really just keep reminding myself that I wanted to be happier, that I wanted to enjoy life again. Um, and it's too short to sit there and argue every day. Um, and, you know, I had some good support from friends um, because it was not an easy time. You know, ending a, a long-term relationship is never easy. Uh, but when you've lived with that person and you've had COVID as well, where you were so close for so long, it almost felt even harder. Um, but... It, it then unlocked what was to come. So I think for me that it was the best, best thing by just, you know, we decided that that enough was enough, uh, work. Yeah. Getting back into, you know, doing the plan with you, you know, there was those things. And I, even during lockdown, like doing home workouts, like looking ridiculous in my living room, like it was the start of that actually starting to enjoy fitness again because I'd committed to it and yeah, really needs to make it go, make it work. So. Yeah, it's huge. And what I love about that and what I want the listeners to take away is that sometimes you feel that the set of cards in front of you is your final hand. There's no way of, you know, shuffling a deck or taking a new set of cards, especially when the cards that you have are so heavy, you know, five-year relationship, just bought a flat, um, climbing up this career ladder for almost a decade or so to this pinnacle point of the career, which you've been working for for so long to then realize that you can actually change those. Obviously, it takes a lot of boldness and bravery to do that. But at the same time, it's beautiful to recognize that A, you can, and B, the other side of that can be the life you actually wanted, not the life that you thought that you wanted and thought that you were destined to have as well. And I know that various points, there's going to be temptation to go back. How did you avoid the temptation to you know, glue yourself to the version of you that you knew in the past, whether it was with work, whether it was with that relationship, how did you really cut ties and be like, no, I'm investing in this new version of yourself. You mentioned, you know, reminding myself that I wanted to be happy. I wanted all of this. What were some of those moments and what did they look like? I think there's two, it happens too often where you make a decision that you're going to do something and then you revert back. Uh, and I think once you've done that too many times, you can't do that again. And I think, uh, me and my ex-partner we had one too many arguments and it just got to that point where we knew that that last argument was the one uh and there is no point of going back because we both deserve to be happier we both deserve to see what else is out there we're still young so let's let's not do this again let's not go around that merry merry go round again uh and i think that was the bit where once that was definitive and i started to because I was quite independent up until, you know, the last six months of our relationship, I was very independent. I was doing things. I was going to the gym on my own. I was going on holidays with my friends. We weren't doing much together for a variety of reasons. And I think you start to then go, actually, I can, I can do this. Um, it's going to be hard. Uh, and it was hard, uh, saying goodbye, uh, especially the day he moved out and say goodbye to my dogs because they're, they're with him and one's with my best friend. And that's tough. Uh, because life is very different. Um, but he, I felt good because I knew that I'd made that decision and I was able to continue growing on my own, no matter what happened next. I, w I was making an active change, which meant if I could do something as hard as that, surely I can do every everything else. I think the work thing was tricky as well, because like I say, I wanted to create that, climb that career ladder. And I got there, got to that assistant director job by the time I was 30, which I was like, yes, like that's a big tick for me. Like I'm on the road to being a, uh, a director and then going higher. And I got there and it just was so unpleasant. 
I was so stressed and I thought, well, I've done this big change and now I, now I need to do the next big change, which is actually do something that I'm going to enjoy. And it was a risk to, to be a consultant and leave that permanent stable job. But that was another, well, I've done it. I can do it. I, I'm going to do this. So if I can do those two big things, I can stick to the food. I can make some changes here. Uh, and then that led on to me meeting Oscar, um, and having headspace to meet someone else and being so open to meeting someone new and sharing everything up until that point. And if he liked me, he liked me. If he didn't, well, then what can I do? Uh, and it's turned out amazingly well. Um, so it wasn't easy to, it wasn't easy at the beginning, you know, those six months before we finally ended our relationship, it wasn't easy because we'd argue all the time and then we'd make up and it'd be fine. And it'd go around and around and around and then, yeah, enough was enough. Um, and yeah, we said goodbye. And a few months later, you know, he moved out and yeah, we are now with new people and, you know, he's with, a, with someone that he gets on super well with. I've met him and they seem super happy and I'm really pleased for him. And, and I'm with someone amazing, uh, who, who makes me the happiest I've ever been. Um, so yeah, but you know, I, it's not the only thing I did a lot of therapy last year. I, there was, there was more to it. It wasn't just a case of, well, I ended the relationship. I changed the job. Uh, I became fitter and healthier. There was still that deep stuff that I needed to, to fix because I, like I said, I was angry. I was living in the past a lot of the time. And for someone new, that's not easy. Uh, I was not easy to live with, with Oscar at the beginning. Um, it was actually, uh, so I, I proposed to Oscar, uh, in December. Congratulations once um, again. Thank you. Um, so it's been a whirlwind of a, just over a year with him and went to his city, Hong Kong and met his parents and his friends. And I've been learning Cantonese and, and in my engagement speech to him, I, I basically thanked him for not giving up when times were hard because at the beginning it was not easy for him. I was still, still angry, I guess, from the past. And I would always say to him, yeah, but I've been in a five-year relationship. What do you know? And I couldn't let go. And, um, I did some therapy and really needed to fix myself. And I feel like I've come out the other end. Not that the therapy's over and that's it. And I'm fixed forevermore because it's a journey, but I do feel like a very different person. And it wouldn't have happened if I made some big, significant risky changes in my life like it is risky right to give up everything everything you know and your your life and where you live and your com comfortability if that's a word you know all those things that you're comfortable with it's it's not easy absolutely and i think that's the biggest step that people have to take they have to leave their comfort zones in order to go into this new version of themselves and it's called a comfort zone for a reason it's extremely comfortable right and it's hard to get out of there and it's really hard to embrace the new the unfamiliar the initially uncomfortable as well to tap into this new version of yourself would you say that if you hadn't made those changes in your life with adopting therapy, with leaving that relationship, with changing your work, do you think your health and fitness would be where it is right now or not? No, no, for sure not. I think I would have possibly been still up and down, up and down. I mean, I definitely would have dropped weight because like I said, getting the stretch marks and seeing what I'd done to myself in the mirror was the most upsetting thing. There would have definitely been a reduction in weight, but would I be healthy uh, inside and out? I'm not sure. Would I be at the weight that I'm at? Because weight's not the most important thing. 
you know, what the scale says, right? It's about how I feel when I look at myself. And for the first time ever, I feel confident. I wear clothes that I feel good in. Um, you know, you also get that external validation from lots of people, which is nice, but it's when I look at myself and I, and internally I feel healthier, but I don't think I would have been here, uh, this all round healthiness mentally, physically, uh, yeah. If I hadn't made some of those changes for sure not. Yeah. It's, it's huge. It's really huge. And I also want to now talk about the impact that therapy had on your journey as well. I recently said in a podcast that, you know, forget the supplementation, forget the diet protocol, like go get yourself a journal and find out the reason for the things that you're doing, what you're doing. And that could be way more helpful than anything that you could adopt from a training protocol and nutrition protocol. because a lot of it is going on in our minds. And I've been a big proponent of therapy. I'm not doing it right now. I kind of did the same thing as you kind of had a year of it, took a bit of hiatus. I've gone back and forth since and understand that that's a lifelong journey as well. So I want to talk about the impact of therapy. What were the, some of the big learnings that you gained from therapy that have helped you in your personal life and also when it comes to your health and fitness as well? It's been, I, I can't even describe it. Uh, so I saw my therapist once a week for an hour, uh, right up until I went to Hong Kong, actually. And it was quite a big step. And I don't think I would have taken it had I'd not had quite a significant conversation with Oscar in the early days and probably on the verge of him giving up because why would you stay when I'm with this really angry person and, you know, things like that. And he just really got my mind into a different zone thinking I need to get some help. I need to address some of whatever's going on. I'm not really sure what it is, but I need to talk and I need to just talk to someone external that isn't my friends, that isn't my family, someone else that can help me process what, what is going on. And I've just gone through this incredible journey of uh, understanding my self, putting value on myself, so for the first time, being able to look at myself going, actually, I look good. I feel good, uh, which is a really big step for me. I've always been, oh, my God, I look awful. I don't feel good. I, I change outfits many, many times before I'd go out because I just felt, oh, I'm too fat in this. And even though I don't think I was, but it, it, that's how I felt in my in my mind. And I just needed to process a lot of that, I suppose. And so I really got to a point with my therapist where I feel good about myself. I'm happy. I have more trust than I ever have in my relationship. I think um, trust is really hard. And I, and I think a lot of that stems from early days and family and things like that. I want to have a long, healthy, happy relationship with Oscar. You know, we're, we've committed to getting married to each other because of that. And I think um, it's completely helped me remain calm or, or become calm, I suppose. Um and content. I'm just, I'm just happy with what I've done and what I've achieved. And actually until you sit down with someone and list out kind of everything you've done in life and how you've got to where you've got to, I don't think you can sometimes see that. And just, he was getting me to do little things like writing down my wins of the week and, you know, actually write down some significant things that I've achieved in my life. Like getting my assistant director job at 30 was a big win. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did do that. I did that, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think it was just helping me to frame that with some of my emotion. Why would I respond in such an angry way? You know, try and try and flip my mind a little bit and uh, getting me to just stay a little bit calmer and process before I speak. So I, it's, it's just changed everything. And I, I still think about him and things that we discussed in those sessions now. And I don't I think I will for a really long time um, because 
I, I think I always underestimated the kind of impact that therapy could have. Also, men don't talk about it enough. Um, no, it's very I don't, I don't think I really have the friends, and this isn't a reflection on them, and it's not their fault, but I, and maybe it's me. I think partly it's me, is that I would never want to discuss it with friends, how I'm truly feeling, how I'm processing things. They would just see a version of me, and I don't think they would call it out either necessarily. So actually speaking to that external person, letting me speak for an hour, like, uh, and just asking the right questions at the right time, when when most of it came from me and the hard work came from me in those sessions, it it's quite powerful, um, and it's definitely something I'll go back to. Uh, and, and my therapist said to me on the last session, he said, you know, I will always have you back. Like just, just email me at any point and we'll, we'll sort it out again. And I do think I'd go back. I, I do think it's necessary. I don't, you know, and I said this to many people, I said this to Oscar when I came out of my last session, I don't think that's the end for me. Um, I don't think, I don't, you know, I'm not, um, naive. I don't think I've fixed myself completely. I don't think that's it forevermore. Uh, I think, uh, there's more to come. Um, but it's definitely had an impact on keeping me focused um, week on week, keeping me focused about the relationship, who I am, my fitness journey, what I've done in my professional career and my work and understanding who I am, who I want in my life and how I can move forward. And I think that's been so powerful. And I wish more people could get access to therapy because I was lucky enough to be able to pay for it privately because of situations you know with the nhs but it's um, been amazing for me yeah it's enormous it was a massive massive thing in my journey as well and some of the insights i was able to gain have yeah, single-handedly transformed my life i'd say a combination between cognitive behavioral therapy which i did for over a year and hypnotherapy single-handedly like changed the course of my life it was like you're going down this path and then like the therapy and the insights i got I was like oh nope you're going over here and it led me into a completely different direction which yeah i'm unbelievably thankful for and what i love about this story and what i love about hearing from you is that it wasn't sunshine and rainbows whatsoever. It wasn't just fixing your nutrition and fixing your training either. It was like you really had to go in deep and kind of go down to the roots in order to build back up again. And that's what I want people to take away from this as well. It's that sometimes you think, ah, it's just going to be getting on the right diet. Ah, it's just going to be getting on the right training protocol. Ah, it's just about being consistent. And I'm like, these things is not to take away anything away from sometimes the difficulty that we have with them, but black and white, they're not difficult to understand, right? We understand that you eat consistently for a while, you train hard, you sleep well, and you hydrate yourself, you are going to get results. But the reason why it's not so black and white is because there's so much going on beneath the surface that you need to work through, or it would be I would encourage anyone to work for it in order to be able to do that as well. So I'm glad that you spoke about that. And also the male aspect as well. I actually spoke to a author who spoke, who wrote the book, Billy Nomates, which is basically, he was in a position where he just proposed to his girlfriend. She said, yes, thankfully. And then he ended up thinking, okay, well, who's going to be my best man? And he realized he had no one to fill that role in his life. So he went on a journey of like trying to find his best man. He wrote a book about it and he went through, you know, various different studies. And, you know, there's a well-reported study from November that says that, you know, one in three men have someone that they would be able to call on in the bad times. But there's a certain, I don't know if I'm getting that study completely correct, but there's a certain a big percentage of men who don't have that close person 
And if they don't have that close person, just that percentage, what about those people who just have that mate where they can talk to, but they can't open up to? And I think that's a really big thing. So when it comes to those who are kind of on that stage of thinking, I need someone to talk to, but are kind of afraid to make that next step, what would you encourage them to do, especially the men who are listening today? Do some research. You know, there's so much out there now. Uh, even if you don't have someone that you can talk to, you don't think you have someone, start by looking what's out there. You know, there there is so much. Just reach inside a little bit like a little bit of meditation i think that's how i started you know i remember you used to encourage me on my plan to have that wind down time in the evening and i did uh and that's because the situation i was in at the time i'd go to bed on my own most nights and i'd have that opportunity which actually was one of the best bits about it like i'd be able to wind down and, and process my thoughts and feelings for the day and i think sometimes it's just starting at the smallest bit which is that like actually sitting down and sitting with your feelings writing some stuff down you know, because it's interesting you said about the wedding, uh, the best man and the wedding list. I have just done the same thing with Oscar. We did our wedding list on the weekend and I looked at my list and I thought, I'm nearly 32. How have I only got 14 people that I, because we're doing a very small, intimate, close friends and family. You know, two of them is my, my dad and my stepmom. And I, I thought, how have I only got 12 people? And then some other people have said, actually, that's amazing. If you've got that, that you could call on, you've got these people. But it's true. I think as you get older, you, I, I certainly have on this journey, I've closed down my, my group of those that I can really call on because those are the ones I can truly call on, but they're not necessarily the people that I can talk to about my feelings. So therapy was the right way for me. Uh, but now they've heard this, maybe they'll come and talk to me about it or I'll talk to them. But I think, yeah, someone listening is just trying to do a bit of self-reflection, uh, writing some things down, sitting with it. Uh, it's not easy. And I think for me, there was a moment where I thought I needed to get some help or I was just acting very erratic and I thought, oh, I've definitely got ADHD. And I, I remember just reaching into the other and pulling something out, burning my hands because I'd just been on the go and I hadn't stopped. I, and I just thought I'm tired now. I'm tired of being so up and down with weight, with life and everything. And that was a good significant moment for me. But then all this journey has been, uh, and it was one of the, the bits that connected Oscar and I the most. Um, he's uh, a psychology teacher, uh, knows his stuff, super interested in it. And I think when I met him and I was talking about my journey and all of this, it just brought us together. And it was like, ah, oh, I found someone now that I can truly open up to. And that's been a game changer. But, you know, starting out, I think it's just sitting with those feelings, doing some research, having a little think, taking taking a walk on your own. Remember those days of lockdown where I'd go on my hour and a half walk on my own listening to listening to podcasts listening to things and just like yeah super important time i think it was all of that that helped like this journey yeah, it's not easy yeah you put it in amazing words there you just say it, it's like reach inside just look within like recognize that you are the main character of your life and you have responsible for how the story for the most part goes right there's only so much that we can control you know there's a certain path and destiny is laid out for us but we are very very able to make our own decisions and get out of our own way as well in many senses of the word too so there's there's many things that we can do and i think like you mentioned just reaching within and just starting to gain some awareness sitting quietly listening um instead of just like you said being on the go constantly doing something constantly striving for something and just giving you a space to listen could be an amazing amazing shift and speaking of amazing shifts you have 
now embrace the health and fitness lifestyle, not only from a personal standpoint, but from a professional standpoint as well. You do a lot of spin. You do a lot of uh, nutrition work as well. Talk to us about that transition because if someone who met you in 2020 probably wasn't predicting that this is where you would be in two years' time, right? <laughs> no one would predict this, I think. Uh, I, do you know what? Even And I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but even my ex, when I said to him, I want to become a spin instructor, and he was like, since when? You know, that's part of the bit. <laughs> it wasn't very supportive, but I was like, I've always loved spin. And I thought, actually, I'm starting to get fit. I'm starting to appreciate this journey a bit more. I just joined an amazing gym in London and the classes were insane. And I thought, okay, I really want to teach here. And I said to the, the instructor, Susie, who's been my mentor basically throughout this, Susie and Lucy. And I said to them, I want to become, <laughs> I want to become an instructor. And yeah, this is a really high end gym in London that take experienced PTs and fitness instructors that have been doing it for years. And I hadn't had any qualifications at that point. And I thought, I'm going to do it. Signing up for my level two, I'm going to get my level two, then I'm going to get my level three and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do something for me. And I started it just after the relationship ended and it kept me focused. Every weekend I went, went to central London and did this course and met some amazing people. And we were all from different walks of life. And that was what really got me thinking, I can do this. It's not the typical person that looks amazing well you know it, anyone can do this if they're committed to it and again that kept me focused through this last year uh, since i've qualified i had one goal in mind which was to teach cycle even if i only did it once for this high-end gym in london with clients in my class me showing off my personality as much as i could playing with the lights the music um and i did it and yeah past my level two past my level three after a little bit of pain with the with the science um but i kept going you know it's not easy uh but i kept going i got my qualifications and yeah now i'm teaching i've got two permanent classes a week in their brand new uh central london gym um i'm starting to get to know the clients i'm helping them on their journey and i think that's been the most significant thing is that we've all got goals might not be gym related or not, but they come into the cycle class. I get to know them on a name, name by name basis. We have a little chat. People are saying to me, is this the right thing to do to lose weight? Like, you know, you look great. How did you do it? And I tell them my journey and it's, it's an amazing feeling. And I can see those members coming back week on week on week. And I, you know, they feel good. They look good. Um, and it's just kept me motivated. Uh, and so then I thought, well, let's do the nutrition as well. So I've literally just started my level five nutrition, um, uh, learning about a lot of that, because even if I never use it for clients, I want to know what I'm putting in my body, like to the, to the most granular detail. Now, again, Oscar's like super supportive. Like he knows everything about what's going on in our bodies. He's watching videos all day long, uh, doing some research, all of this stuff. And he's like super supportive. And, and I think, um, now that I'm starting to learn that he's keen to learn from me, like what are we putting in our bodies? You know, it's not just a case of eating in this way forevermore. Like you can have flexibility, you can have freedom. Uh, but I want to know. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's this whole year. I'm going to be doing that nutrition course at my own pace. And I'm excited to see what comes of it because there may well be yet yeah, a full-time future of the health and fitness. And, and I think that's probably long-term what I see happening is there's going to be this transition. Um, I know I'm a bit older uh, or I'm getting older, but um, I'm super keen. Like I've, I can take my learning and I think that's so valuable, like taking what I've learned, the challenges as well, 
and helping other people. And even if it is a spin class for 45 minutes where they come in and just do it because they feel like they have to do it. Like I'm, I'm still like giving them that energy and I'm bouncing off their energy and especially those that connect with me and, and chat to me. And, you know, we spend some time talking before and after class. It's, it's insane. I never thought two years ago I'd be doing that. Even it, you know, like a year ago I was on the courses. I think I just passed my level two this time last year. And now two permanent classes in high end gym in London. It's a good feeling. And, you know, I'm learning lots from amazing colleagues as well. Um, you go to their classes, you learn off each other and there's so many opportunities. So yeah, I'm not the typical if, you know, and, and this is it. And actually I need to tell you this story. I was in the Soho club, uh, about two months ago and I was looking at this guy for ages and I was like, I know that face. I know that face. I went to middle school with him and high school. Wow. And he used to bully me. No way. And, well, a bully in the loosest term, like just name calling and things like that. Cause I was the chubby kid. Right. And I thought, I know him. I'm going to go up to him and say hello. And I thought, who is this? Like, I'm not going to do that usually. Like, especially the guy that used to bully me at school. Right. But I did. And I went up to him and I, I said, hi, like said his name. And he was like, I was like, yeah, it was Daryl, but obviously I've changed to Isaac. And I was like, yeah, it was Daryl from school. And he's like, oh my God. Like, and we chatted for ages and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm teaching him. I'm about to teach my cycle class. Just couldn't believe it. And you know that, I think that for me was like a moment where if you, anyone who knew me from school would not expect me to be doing this now, uh, because I just wasn't that kid. Um, I think even my dad's amazed at the things that I come out with sometimes like, Oh, I'm doing this now and I'm doing this now. And you know, he wouldn't have thought either. And I, and I guess, yeah, I'm kind of proud of that because when I want something, I go and get it. Um, and I work hard for it. So yeah, it's not, you know, it's not, it's for everyone. Yeah. You know, if you're really committed to it and you really want something, go and do it. And, and yeah, I've loved it and I'm loving it. You know, it's amazing. And it just shows what can come from taking that investment and making that decision to work on yourself, right? Like that's where it's all stemmed from, like that one decision to be like, I'm committing and I'm not going back this time. I'm only going forward and look at everything that's come from it. I think that that's like the largest part for me is that, you know, it's, and that's what I love about working with new clients as well is that I think that if I'm, I'm to blow my own trumpet for once is that I am able to see potential in people before they can see it in themselves because I have examples of people like you throughout the course of my career I've seen people come from you know health and fitness knowledge of zero to becoming trainers and not even that just becoming someone who enjoys their life and is in shape and had never been that way before so when I see someone who comes to me and starts and they've got the right mindset they're ready to make a change I'm like I see your potential is limitless right and i think that that's the beautiful thing and i think that you're a perfect example of this story like not everyone has to go down the route of becoming a health and fitness professional you know not, not at all but at the same time it just shows the capacity like if you can go from the opposite of like starting with zero knowledge the complete opposite of that is being a health and fitness professional right and i think that that's Literally. what this encapsulates for me is the sense of like you've taken it from literally the opposite to 100% the opposite side of the spectrum and wherever anyone wants to fall on that spectrum it's like that's available to you and I think that's what I want people to take away today because of yeah I think that a lot of people get the idea like you said it's like 
you know, the health and fitness industry or personal trainers is supposed to be the people who have been healthy all their lives. But the reality is like the people who are going to have the most success like yourself, Isaac, is the fact that you can relate to every single person's journey because of 95% of people who start a health and fitness journey were not in a great position to begin with. Maybe it's not 95%, yeah. but it's usually those who weren't in a good position to begin with. So you know exactly how they feel and how it's to be on the other side of that. So I think it's, it's very inspirational. It's really inspirational. Yeah, and I think it's to not give up. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's... Um, it's not an easy journey. And I think I was, until I started with you and even partly the way through with you, I think I was always in that mindset of I'm going to do it fast. I'm going to go hard at it and it's all going to be great. I'm going to come out the other end very quickly, very skinny, going to look great and I'm going to go, go and enjoy my life. You know, you and I worked out very quickly that it wasn't like that. You know, I had a big drop, but there were ups and downs, ups and downs. And if you look at the graph at that point, it was quite interesting. But I'm glad it went that way. Uh, and that's not for everyone. You know, lots of people will start with you or start with a PT or go to a gym because they want to hammer it fast and hard and lose weight very quickly and look good at the end. And that works for some people. But for me, if I'd done that, but still had the same mindset and the same situations that I was in, I'll be back where I was. And so it's been a just over two year journey for me and I've maintained that weight. You know, I think I'm quite proud the fact that that Oscar and I have been away for five weeks in Hong Kong and nearly every day we went to the gym. We did some level of exercise, but I was free and I was eating what I wanted for that period of time because I thought I need to and I enjoyed it and I haven't put on a huge amount of weight. And actually it's okay if I did because you know, I'm just taking a bit of a break, but I'm straight back on it. And we were in the gym anyway. We're doing something per day. Now, if you'd seen me a year ago, that wouldn't be me when I go on holiday, looking for the nearest gym, signing up for a for a gym when I'm when I'm away. Um, and you know, we were really encouraging each other to get to the gym and just do, just do half an hour. You know, we we're just walking on the treadmill or walking around a lot more than we usually would. So uh, that that was a particularly nice feeling. And you know, when I've got friends me wanting to meet for coffee or to catch up we're now the conversation usually goes is should we do a barry's boot camp class or should we do an f45 should we do something and oh can i come to one of your classes and then we'll get coffee after i mean like that was never me it would usually be like where can we go for the best food and <laughs> sit and eat and eat and eat like and so it's nice to have that balance where actually you know those that want to catch up with me they also want to do some exercise with me and then we'll go and do that like that's become life now you know it's uh when can i fit in the gym when can i do this but also having the moments to enjoy food you know this weekend we'll celebrate chinese new year with uh, some of oscar's friends and i'm going to enjoy that food um because it's all about balance and i, and I know that i'm on a longer term journey um uh yeah which is a great feeling yeah those two things that stick out there the first is what i acknowledged you for before we got on the call today was that your persistence shown through every time. And I think that there was moments where we had dips for two days, two weeks or two months. And as I mentioned to you before, it's like you were always willing to get back on point with it. It was never like, okay, this is just not working out for me. I'm going to try a different way. It was always like, okay, I'm just going to stabilize and then I'm going to push forward again. And I think, as you mentioned, if you don't give up, you get the opportunity to get all the results that you wanted. And like you said, you dropped that mindset of like, this needed to be done in six to 12 weeks. You had that understanding of, okay, it's going to take a little longer. And that's what I love about what you said about Hong Kong. That's what I love about what you said this weekend as well, is that those those people who maintain the results long-term are those who take situations like this and don't catastrophize about them. They're like, okay, you know, I'm having some more food than I usually have, but I'm going to get back to my normal habits. I'm going to get back to my normal lifestyle. 
and I'm going to be absolutely fine. That is the major, major difference between those who see their results for short term and those who see them for the long term. Yeah. And that's what you're proving to us now, which is amazing. And next time we're in London, me and my girlfriend are going to have to do your spin class as well. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> what a crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. But yeah, you're more than welcome. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I've got one final question for you, Isaac, today, which is where do you see your health and wellness in the next 10 years or so? Yeah, it's really interesting. I... I have got my long-term objective is to be just healthy long-term. And, you know, I, I have got a body shape in mind. I think everyone has. Uh, and that does evolve and adapt over, the, you know, over the last few months. That's that's changed because I thought I wanted to be super skinny and lean. And, and actually, you know, I want to be a bit bulkier. I want, I want to have some good, good muscle. And that's just the physical appearance. I guess long-term over the next 10 years, I want to be happy, healthy, healthy mind, um, I want to be able to continue the kind of, or to get better, slightly better because I'm, I'm doing well, but I'm not quite there, but get better at the eating so that I can really truly embrace the balance of food. You know, I can have the good days, but I can also have the events and the holidays and things like that and, and maintain this level. Um, it's not about for me ever going back to where I was. That's just not an option. Um, and I guess in 10 years, I'm going to be 42 coming up to 42 uh, I'd like to have a child. I want to be a healthy dad. I want to be able to pass down my knowledge of fitness and well-being, mindset, not being afraid to speak about your feelings, not being afraid to take risks uh, and just help people, uh, but also just be healthy myself. Um, yeah, that's what I want, really. It's powerful. Uh, I don't know what that looks like in 10 years. Uh, I don't know what I'll look like. And hopefully I will continue to to be strong and, you know, mentally, physically. But yeah, just got to keep at it. I have no doubt. Yeah, I feel like it's just an upward trajectory from here, Isaac. I truly do think so. It, like it has been since I met you. You know, these past two years have been a very nice example of that. And I can only see, like you saw the graph going down when it came to your body weight. It's the graph going up in terms of your quality of life and everything that you want from it as well. So any closing messages for the listeners today? I think, um, yeah, just don't be fixated on the quick wins. I think especially if you do a bit of soul searching and find out that you might have some other things going on. Yes, you can get to that weight. You can drop weight very quickly in theory, but it doesn't fix everything. I think, think about your long-term one, two, five-year plan. And I wish I'd kind of done that at the beginning. It may have changed, but that's certainly the reflection I've taken now is I was so fixated on making, making quick changes, but I know it wouldn't have fixed anything. So yeah, focus on that long-term goal of being happy and healthy, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like for you, exactly. And where is the best place for people to find you if they want to keep up with your journey and maybe come to your class one day? Yes, so they can find me on Instagram at Isaac James ID. Uh, connect with me on there. You'll see all my classes. I post a lot of selfies in the gym uh, because I feel good <laughs> and why not? But yeah, come and find me on Instagram and yeah, you can come to one of my classes for sure. Isaac, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Amazing. Thank you so much. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram 
at Elliot Hasumi. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.